I'm hip. You hip? These two shoot from the hip. I am a little bit excited because I found this very cool book on erotic literature. I think you're obsessed with it. What? Yeah. How? Because you're very excited about it. And that sort of deems an obsession. Oh, well, I don't How know. How many times have I talked to you about it? A, n- a number, and I love oh, that. That is rubbish. Oh, okay. Like erotic literature, says she with her erotic literature book <laughs> on the desk right here, <laughs> just in case I might want to reference it. And mind you, I'm just going to describe it. It's um, a sort of purpley colour with some pink it's, foliage. It's on called it. Desire. It's called Desire. I just wanted to bring it to support your story. Am I disparaging? About your, yeah, well, maybe a yeah. little bit, but that's okay. We don't, we don't always... Because in 1824, we probably didn't have book design like this. Well, we didn't have Mariella Frostrup doing a, a anthology. No, actually, of, I want to borrow that book, huh? Yeah, You've okay. You can talk on about it enough. I know, I crept on. Anyway, yeah. tell, anyway me, tell me about book. this book that you found. So... I went searching. I have found a book that was published in 1824. So we're thinking Victorian era. We're thinking syphilis. We're thinking opium dens. Wow. The title of the book is De Figueres Veneris, which translates as On the Figures of Venus, which according to the book can take as many postures as there are ways in which the body can bend and curve. So it's a sex book. It's in fact a manual Hey. So there were various publications and that title then morphed into the Manual of Classic Erotology. Do you know what erotology is? Kat? Tell me, Mish. I know you want to. Erotology is the study of sexual love and behaviour. However, in this context, we are talking the ancients, so Greek and Roman ancients, and it's a, it's a muse on Greek and Roman writings. The book is constructed in a sort of manner of um, almost like reading a play at parts. Right. And then there's passages and then footnotes. And the footnotes are, in fact, as juicy as the passages. And there's a lot of juice here. There's a lot really? of hot rods. There's a lot of orifices. Wow. There is a lot of all sorts of crazy positions. And and so the, the sort of, you know, the, the interesting factor, I think, of this is, is that this this time period was hot and feisty and we have sort of become increasingly repressed as the uh, decades have gone on. However, for the tastings of today, let's get into it. Okay. You're going to read some? I'll be reading some. Um, it's extremely graphic. It's pretty erotic. It's actually hilarious. There are a lot of toga antics that go on and it's very homoerotic. So you think again, women in that context, you know, they're underlings. We are underlings. And so other than sort of recipients of spears and hot rods in a variety of orifices, you know, we're also acclaimed in these in these passages as being extremely skilled in hair removal, for instance. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's then, a hell of a segue. It is. But then, you know, at the same time, it sort of sweetens our palates with, with tenderness and delicacy. I'll just, I'll just read you this first bit. There's, it, it's divided into various topics, of copulation, pederastia, irrumation, masturbation, tribads. There is one section on intercourse with animals, which I did not go anywhere near. Um, Where did you find this book? Uh, well, I discovered on the net, not the dark net. <laughs> and okay. Let me just read you this. 
Indeed, what can be imagined sweeter than for the woman to lie extended on her back, bearing the welcome weight of her lover's body and exciting him to the tender transports of a restless but delicious voluptuousness? Yeah. You know, meaty. That's meaty stuff. I love the language. It sort of reads like a Shakespearean version of Caligula. And delicious voluptuousness. It's nice, I isn't like it? That. It's just you know you get your it's tongue around it. It's a good body, it, it's a good body image, isn't it? Yeah, lots of tongue action. Oh. <laughs> Kath and Mish from the hip. We've got Rangoni and Julia because they're Roman. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. So Rangoni, look how stiff I stand, but I want to try the bliss in a new way. In a new way, says Julia. No, I swear by my wanton soul you shall not. And what sort of one? I have an idea. What they call the horse of Hector. Lie down on your back, Rangoni. Let your puissant spear stand firm to the enemy who it is to be pierced. Like, this is crazy shit. Wow. And... I don't know, I haven't had much of that sort of bedroom <laughs> talk. Here. Well, not really, but, you know, there. it's not, not to say that you couldn't. I mean, interestingly, too, the section on pedication, which is um, where actually termed as um, another mode of pleasure other than copulation in the normal way, that is actually the longest chapter because, again, think of the context, there's a lot of homoeroticism going on. There's in a lot the of ancient age. Greece and Rome. Yeah. In the so that's old blokes and young boys, though. That's not good, is it? Well, contextual. Accepted. Yeah, contextual. Mm. And, you know, a lot of anus. Oh, okay. Right? Which yeah, still today is taboo, seemingly. Mm. A lot of taboo. Irrumation is all about the oral, of which they believe the lesbians are believed to be the inventors of this particular nastiness, as it's oh, quoted. That's not nasty. But... You know, we find Sempronia and Socrates on yet another sort of lazy afternoon where Sempronia says, oh, she said, smiling, what an air you want me to play and upon what a flute in our concert, taking in her hand his member which began to rise. She sees the point of his dart between her lips and turning her tongue around it caused novel transports of delight to the member that slid into its new receptacle. Mm, beautiful. How are you enjoying it so far, Well, it, it is very interesting. I actually was given a book some years back which was a um, hundred of literature's sexiest stories, which was a, a sort of compendium, if you like. It was called Desire. Mm. And there's lots of really interesting little short stories and stuff, some in there by like the Marquis de Sade and Roald Dahl. And, you oh, know, Roald lots Dahl? Of in, yeah, oh. I know. He wrote he erotic short stories. Oh, I know. he did. So I, I want to ask you, because you've done a bit more research on this than me, what do you define as the difference between erotica and porn? Have you thought about that? Well, I, I have, and I'm, I suppose I'm coming from a slightly uninformed position because I've never particularly liked watching porn. It just did nothing for me the few times I watched it. So erotica, for me, lies more in a literary world yeah. and where someone can actually write about sensuality. And inference. Can we say inferential and make up a word? Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God, she's so clever. Do you think that's a word? I don't know. So there's a more subtle approach to engaging in 
an erotic space. Well, is that a, what you're saying? Yeah, it, it's like it's using language. And whether that language. is a lit- Yeah, so whether it's a literary language in literature, because we are talking about books, or let's talk about it in a um, cinematic scape, again, it's, it's not about the hard, you know, fuck you up the ass thing. I think it's a sensuality versus yeah. hardcore. That's a very feminine approach though, right? Sensuality mm. would say to me... Mm. More feminine. Well, exactly, because that's what I'm saying. Where is this? Where is this scape, which can engage women? We have we have so much of the porn scape, which I think has been projected for men. I don't know. Do you? I mean, yeah, are I, you? I, I is would porn something in your no. world? It's not not in my uh, wheelhouse, to be honest um I, I mean i've hardly even watched any have you no not really no um and in fact you know the odd magazine that i'd find at someone else's house was or like, under my dad's bed just ooh, yeah ooh. but i think what's really interesting is that where you're coming from is this sensuality that's created through beautiful words absolutely right yeah and it harks back to the romans and greeks who were clearly off their tit Yeah, fucking crazy, right? Yeah, and you know, in fact, this is quite hardcore. Like the the text is quite hardcore, but again, the interjection of Shakespearean language. Mm. So you Mm. didn't feel like that was male focused. Did you feel that there was a a a female element to that? Even though women at that time, yeah, were possibly not really in charge. No, unless unless they were. Um, Goats. (laughs) (laughs) Kath and Mish. From the hip. Because there's nowhere else I'd rather be shot from. Hairless goats because (laughs) they're so good at hair removal. What's it called? Lapidary or something? Is it? What is it called? book you found is just so crazy so what do we say so talk about that what was the thing again about the male guys no like it is there's lots of hot rods and you know insertions but there's i mean there's a massive chapter about the clitoris yeah, so, okay well you gotta love talking, that we're you talking gotta about, love that yeah greek and roman texts and even if we take at, at this because this book is about the study of those texts so even if we then jump you know a few thousand years to when the book was published Yep. There is still this honour, we're going to call it, of the clitoris. And, like, let's, you know, let's not beat about the bush. This is a favourite bit of a woman's body. Like, well, what is it? Thousands of sensations in one tiny even part of it. I, I know. Well, you know, let's honour that. I mean, it's got to be a good thing, doesn't hail it? Hail to the clit. Oh, all hail. Oh, my God. All hail. <laughs> I just think what's really interesting, though, is that if we take this into the modern realm, right, we take it away from that book that was published in when? 1824. 1824. Thank you very much. Victorian era. Oh, God, there was a shitload going on there. Right, They weren't having a bath, for Christ's sake. That must have been nasty. Nasty. But so stoned on opium, they couldn't smell anything. Yeah, exactly. And and bacchanalian, you know, they're just Mm. not even blowing back the wine Mm. and Mm. it's all good. Mm. So that's all fantastic. So Mm. Orgy City. Well, the text that it was based on is Orgy City. I mean, this is Mark Antony and Julius Caesar. And if you go back to Roman times in the UK, right, you've got Bath. 
Yeah. There's a shitload going yeah. on there. The captivating thing for me in this book is this emancipation all over the place. Like, I don't know if it's just Australia and the sort of pervasive Anglo restraint, we'll call it, versus the Latin heat. So I don't know if that's particular to here, but this is emancipated and it feels like now it's covert. It's whether it bubbles to the surface mm. and how willing we are to have it bubble to the surface and make it okay. But that's right and that's a great point because how many people do you know are comfortable having this conversation? Not how- many. But I think this whole concept of erotic literature, how do we use it in our own sex lives? Fabulously. I, well, like, I, I to hope have so. Have a hot lover... Yeah. With you, wherever, whatever place you're pouring out some hot love. Like, what a great thing to be reading to each other. Well, it's interesting that's, you say that. That's right? a okay. turn on. It is such a turn on. So, yeah. I, you know, we're going to get to the online dating thing. But I had a thing with a guy. This was when we were in COVID and we couldn't meet and blah, blah, blah. And I read a couple of stories out of this book by Mariella Frostrup, God love her. She mm. was a... What's she, Swedish? Frostrup. Well, yeah, but she, she was a... a, a Scandi. A, yeah, Scandi. And she was a big wheel in London when I lived there, right, mm. back in the early 90s or whatever. Mm. And I read some of these stories to this guy and mm. I'm fucking... It was hot. Exactly. Yeah. Because what you're doing is engaging the mind, right? That's right. You're creating the movie in That's your right, head. That's right, but it's not the blatant obvious. It's the insinuation or it's the inference. It's back to that inference again. Okay, I've just got to leave us on this bit. It takes down to Chapter 6 to get to the clitoris, right. which we know is all our favourite bit. That part of the genital apparatus, which is called the clitoris, attains such proportions that they can use it as a mentula, which is the cock, yeah, right. either for fornication or penetration. The clitoris, which is a very sensitive caruncle, a small fleshy cone, is capable of movement and resembling the verge gets into erection with all women, not only during the coitus, the delights of which it is said to enhance immensely by increased titillation. Well. On that note. You've gone silent, Kat. I know, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. You are. Is it a bit much? No, I just think it's very interesting. It's quite confronting, though. Is it? It is a bit confronting. That's the thing, because we haven't... I mean, imagine if this sort of these antics had carried on through the decades. It would be sort of... Yeah, when did it change? The repressive 50s? Possibly, I don't know. Maybe before that. Don't know. It's quite fascinating. And guess what? Only 100 copies ever produced... Who bought them? Uh, lawyers, doctors, and people who needed to study the how-to. Because so they people didn't know. who had we wouldn't need to buy it, Kath. Who? Oh, well, obviously not, because we're fucking hot, um, and we don't need that manual. <laughs> We've got it all going on. But I think that's really interesting that it became an elite thing, right? Because mm. you would think that doctors and lawyers and all of those people had resource to buy this book. Mm. So what happened to the masses? What were they doing? They were just getting it on. They were just... They were just lifting up those skirts on the oh, old oak tables. Skirts. Yeah. Or, you know, had the feathers going or the... Yeah. And wow. Or, you know, I don't know, running the 
pearl beads across whatever part of the body. And <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God, that's so funny. It's good fun. I so know. come on, anyone who wants to write some good shit, send, us in, send it in to us. Hey. In fact, yes. And ask questions. Yeah, we've, like, got, we've got spots you can send. Not spots. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, we've got God, a website. Obsessed. Website. You can actually write into the website. Couldn't you? I, yeah, and I ask some so. questions or our Facebook page. Of no, course. no, send us some. If you if you think you're writing some decent stuff, send it to us. We might even read it on air, and we'll at least read it and give you some feedback. Oh well, you know what? I just think that is fascinating. I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating that you know we've gone from crazy anything goes into being uptight to going back into trying to explore. To, you know... Except, oh, as we've also both yeah. said, which will be, you know, a nice segue into one of our other episodes, being in our 50s, we have both said how how much more emancipated we feel. Well, uh, I just... Yeah. And we've had the best sex we've ever had in our lives. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. fuck that. See you later. <laughs> From the Hip is a weekly podcast featuring Kath and Mish for and on behalf of From the Hip Enterprises, recorded in the studios of From the Hip. You can subscribe and find more episodes of From the Hip at fromthehip.live. On Instagram at fromthehip underscore podcast, search for From the Hip on Facebook and download wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. Until next time, stay fine, stay fab, stay hip. Hip.